2: G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've had a couple of weeks off and we are starting to roll back into our daily potties over the next couple of days. So plenty coming your way and plenty for me to catch up on in the world of rugby league as well. So really excited to get stuck back into it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I sat down with the great Denon Kemp, the people's beak, uh, for an interview, uh, him interviewing me. So it was pretty cool to sit down with Kemp, be a very different uh, conversation to what we're usually used to having every Monday for five or six hours. Hours. Uh, I've split that interview into two parts. Uh, You might have already listened to it on Bloke in a Bar if you haven't yet. Opportunity to listen to it today. I've split it into two parts. This first bit is about me and sort of me growing up and everything, and then part two is about starting Guru, joining Bloke, all those sorts of stuff, with a heap of footy chat mixed into it as well. So both parts they'll be dropping throughout today for you to sink your teeth into. And then, fingers crossed, we'll have more footy content coming your way this afternoon. Uh, If not, we'll be back into the flow tomorrow. So plenty coming your way today on the Rugby League Guru Podcast.
1: Mate, I'm sitting across from the great rugby league guru. What's going on, brother?
2: Thanks for having me in, mate. Not a bad, uh, bad set you got here.
1: <laughs> mate, you know what's fucking hilarious is I was at the gym the other day and, you know, bouncing a bit of rubber, as I do, uh, fighting a bit of gravity, pushing a bit of tin. Um, anyway, so this guy comes up to me and he's, oh, mate, you know, love the show, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sweet. And he's like, oh, yeah, mate. Um, a good mate's with Nathan. And I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. And I'm like, oh, Nathan Cleary. Okay, whatever. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, yeah, Nathan, I'm, I saw him the other day. He, he does a show with you. And I was like, clearly he doesn't do a show with you. <laughs> and then he was like, Nathan, like Guru? I was like, oh. His name, I said to him, his name's Guru. He's, not, he's fucking not Nathan. What the fuck's going on with that? Oh. Mate, what, what's it been like for you personally? Because, you know, you're, you're just a punter, loves a bit of footy. Mm. And obviously, uh, you know, you get, I'd assume you get recognised and stuff when you go out and people love the potty.
2: What's it been like? Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny. Uh, You know, like I, all my family obviously calls me by my name. And Mm. then uh, when I was at high school, uh, my last name's Durkin, so all my mates call me Dirks. And now it's just completely flipped. I couldn't tell you the last time I've heard Nathan or Dirks, or it's just it's bizarre. Um, We went and saw a movie the other night, and I was walking out of the cinema, walked past a restaurant, and someone, you know, someone just called, "Oi, Guru!" I said, "Wave, hey mate, how are you?" Kept walking. (laughs) I didn't realise until I got past him. It was my cousin. Oh, <laughs> and I just like I just didn't. Know. It was bizarre. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, I I wouldn't have it any other way. It's unreal. Do you get
1: guru? Do you get Gurino at all? A little bit. A I little kangaroo. bit. Kangaroo. Kangaroos become very popular. The Roo.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, and a, a, even like my my mates that had a, a different nickname for me in high school, it's sort of just turned into Guru now. What too. was the nickname so in high school? Uh, well, it was Dirks. Um I don't know if I have ever told you. Uh, like you can probably hear it sometimes, but like I had a chronic stutter. When yeah. I was in high school, like it was bad. So my actual nickname was Dirks. <laughs> ages. You um, know what's funny is I I used
1: to get paid out because my voice is quite like deep and yeah. and dopey. Yeah. So they always go <laughs> So there you go. There you go, mate. Fuck them. Look at yeah. look at us now. Look at us. Yeah.
2: No, like I couldn't. Like I used to stutter really bad on S's and N's. So when your name's Nathan, Mm. it was brutal. I I honestly couldn't like introduce myself. It was- How does a stutter work? You know what I mean? (laughs) Honestly, like I I would know what I was going to say. I'd start a sentence and I would know, fuck, that word is coming. Really? And this is going to take me ages to finish this sentence. So I, yeah, it was, it was bizarre. There'd be times where like I'd be at school and I'd have a new teacher. Mm. And I knew that at some point, They'd ask me my name, and I just knew that'd be my worst moment, and oh, I couldn't really? do it because I'd stutter, and then everyone would laugh, and then it would rattle me. So I remember like, there was moments there where I would purposely be late to class, so they'd done the role. Yeah. I'd be the only one left. And when I walk in, they'd look at the role, and everyone else would be there go, Oh, you must be Nathan. And you go, Yeah. And I go, Yes, because then they had to say it. And that was probably till I was like 18 or so, which is bizarre really? to look back on now because I essentially don't shut up for a job.
1: It's, uh, yeah, wild. Isn't it crazy how much you know, it's such a big deal to you, like to yep, you, you're so 100%. insecure about it. It's, yep. it's 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 honestly, sometimes what you think about, you know, you have these insecure and like, you know, you meet someone new, they're not thinking about anything other than there's a person in front of me. All you're thinking about is don't fuck these words up. Yep. Don't fuck these words up. And like,
2: I, I would honestly, I before I'd say a sentence, I'd played in my head three times to the point that I wouldn't even hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> when it was, yeah. And I, yeah, I look back at it now and just think, how ridiculous it is and you know like when i was a teacher a few years ago i had a lot of kids that had speech impediments and stuff and i could just see how much it was rattling them Mm. and yeah to just yeah it feels like a world ago now Mm. but it was such a (laughs) such a wild part of my life i'd I'd be scared to talk
1: yeah look i'm going to sound really insensitive here
2: but did anyone go to today junior (laughs) all the time (laughs) very common (laughs) yeah uh yeah that, that was a common one Yeah, there was a few that used to get around obviously um remember that movie uh team america
0: yeah
2: <laughs> uh, so i was in year seven when that came out my last name was durkin so that yeah. ducca Durka muhammad <laughs> <laughs> just echoes through hallways holy heckers
1: that yeah. is that is harsh like it's so tough because like at the time kids can be so cruel <laughs> so cruel <laughs> yeah. like they're just wrecking you and they don't understand you going home thinking about it and but then you I'm sure you look back and you go look they're just kids they don't yeah know what I saying yeah. like they're just they're just saying it
2: yeah they're and you know what it's like and you know I'll be honest with you like when I first came on your show and everything and like I like I genuinely didn't realize I was saying could be anything every eight seconds yeah genuinely had no idea of it and I when when people first started to comment on everything I was sort of like like it, it rattled me a little bit at the start but then you start to realize even with the start I thing at school like if people appreciate you enough to say stuff like that, yeah, like you're a part of something, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm got like the 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 could be anything stuff. I wouldn't change it for the world now.
1: Absolutely, it's unreal. It's uh, and I think as well because it's text, like a comment, you don't get the nature in which it's coming across. Yeah. So, oh, he just repeats, could be anything. But it could be a mate going, mate, all you say is could be anything. But he's saying it with a smile on his yeah. face, you know. It's really hard with the text and we're all guilty of it. We get 100%, smashed yeah. with comments and it's just that one comment that finally gets you. You're like, you know what, off. But you're right, It's it's we had um, there's been plenty of times, who do we have on? <laughs> we had Keon Columatangi on, Columatangi, and he swore, <laughs> I reckon, every second fucking word. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: like, um, who else do we? Who well, like, even watching the other day, like, like Chad Townsend, yeah that, that, how that whole thing blew up yeah. and everything and i, I was just sitting on i think people at home do re- don't realize how easily it can happen oh for sure for just sure. when you're on camera and you're you know and you're trying to think of a million things at once especially like with us like when you're on a four-hour show yeah like you're always going to fall back to your same yeah sort of things to pull and when you're like like i was i was even thinking today like like as i was leaving home beck's like oh so what's the interview gonna be like and i was like I, I don't know like we talk for five hours a week. Yeah. I don't know what else we've got to fucking talk about.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the Keon one was funny because you could tell he was just talking like he would be talking to his mates. Yeah. And I think that that's the, the thing you've actually probably got to not do when you're a host of a podcast mm-hmm. is, and, and although you need to create an environment where people feel like you're talking to your mates, but if you do talk to your mates, like we talk, we don't talk different topics and we don't say different things, but yeah, like, for example, we don't. If we're talking normal, yeah, mate, you going? Yeah, you know, like everything's a bit yeah. less and and stuff. So it's hard to really not when you're on a show for hours. It's hard not to fall back into the talking like you're talking to your mate, for sure. And yeah. no, and your mates aren't sitting there going, "Bro, you said could be anything." Fucking six times in the last fucking thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, um, man. So so the stutter growing up, how crazy. And I, I assume at that time you're not never ever. I'd all, I'd love to, and this sounds really elitist or something it sounds wrong and I, I don't mean it this way but you know being an athlete growing up like all i think about is i'm going to be an athlete and mm. then and then also like because i had done ath- like so much athletics so much sports or whatever and been successful in my head in my head i'm always like i have to do something that is better than just average kind yeah. of thing um and i'm not saying that you didn't have aspire to be like that but mm. you it's not like you're sitting there going i want to well maybe you did think you want to play in RL. um you know, what did you want to be when you grew up?
2: Oh, uh, man, I always loved footy, but I never like, I never had that passion to play NRL. And mm. even if I did, I couldn't have. Mm. I just didn't have that about me. Yeah. Uh, even when I was playing footy, like I, I enjoyed it, but I always found footy so frustrating because I felt like I understood it more than anyone else. Mm. But I couldn't do it. Yeah, okay. Just similar as that. And it just became... Frustrating to yeah. be completely honest with you, um, but yeah, I like I love footy growing up, but I never really wanted to be you know, an NRL player. Yeah, um, and to be honest with you, like even even now, like interacting with these guys and everything, I'm like I think that so many people look at it and just go, "What a life! How good would it be?" Like, mate, like you sit down, you talk with these guys, and like you, you know better than anyone. Like these guys are having 25 car accidents a week,
0: essentially. Yeah, yeah. like
2: it's not. It's a tough, like, like there's money and there's positives to it and everything, but Christ, there's a lot of negatives to it.
1: Oh, mate, absolutely. And and I, I've said it so many times and we've spoken about it on The Potty, but as a culture, we've been so desensitised to the violent nature mm. of footy. And because I obviously come from soccer, I'm aware of it. Yeah. You know, I'm fully aware uh, of how brutal it is. Whereas if you've played footy since you were six years old, it's just normal. You, yeah. you, it's normal for you to walk off a field feeling like you've been in a fight, and i always compare it to mma fighters and granted I, I get it you know they get kicked and they get punched and all that kind of stuff but you know they do it three times a year we're, we're doing it essentially all year long i mean it just finished yeah. we're in november it just finished for the best of the best not only that, do we do it all year they train every single week it's not like fighters where they go okay 12 week camp fight they get medically suspended for three to six months yeah. after that fight you know if a We've seen blokes get completely knocked out, back playing sometimes within a week.
2: It's insane. If yeah. if that
1: happens in, in in the UFC, you get completely flatlined. You're medically suspended a minimum three months, yeah. minimum. Um, and so yeah, like it's hard, and it's also it's hard to talk about because. You you don't want to talk about it in the sense of oh well the, the poor footy player life's so hard for the mm. footy player not at all like like it's way harder for more people but it is a reality
2: yeah it's t- and you know I I, I was looking yesterday uh, the Gold Coast Titans put up some content of them mm. arriving back at preseason and um they had like a little barometer on the side so the boys oh, what's ranking out of ten and some of the boys said oh you know five six four you know I spoke to people last night on Instagram going fucking ungrateful how could they I'm like no nah, you don't like they're signing up for torture. Mm. They know what they're about to go through over the next couple of weeks. They've also probably just trained harder in the last three weeks just to get themselves to a point where they can get through the next three months. Mm. Like it's – and, you know, we're all winding down for Christmas. We're all Mm. winding down for holidays, whatever, and these guys are about to go through absolute
1: hell. As as I've done both, they're both hard, but what's hard about a normal job – it's just the monotony, the, yep. the boredom. It's it long hours, whereas like the difference with league, it's it's less hours to a degree. Nowadays, it's essentially the same, but it's super intense for those hours. So basically, it's like rocking up to work, working your absolute ring off for three hours, then you might sit around. But when you're working your absolute ass off for three hours, you've got a boss over your shoulder going, if, if you want to hit your KPIs, yep. like the best KPIs in the country, you're gone, you're out of here. Then you might rest for a couple of hours and then go on again. And that's kind of like what, so that's the difference. It's just a different type of heart, but back to yourself. So, so yeah, growing up with the, the stutter, I guess, it's, how did you get past that?
2: Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I just sorta, of, I remember going to like speech therapist mm. And I, I remember going to that when I was pretty young and then I sort of stopped as a teenager, I think, or somewhere around that market. I don't know. I just eventually kind of grew out of it. Mm. There's times where like I can – it is getting I – th- I think because I talk so much now, mm. sort of got past it. I think also like when I fin- – like I remember like it, even at uni I had it too and I mm. struggled still to introduce myself and stuff. So like when you're 22, 23 and you still can't introduce yourself, yeah, it's wild.
0: Yeah, like, And then
2: I'd know like I, I went into um, teaching. So I think every day I was in front of – Granted children, but 25, 30 people every day talking. And I, I sort of, in a weird way, I think I sort of kind of grew out of it. Yeah, okay. I, I actually think, and it'll sound stupid, I think I almost, I think my confidence just grew and I sort of out confident it just something i don't even know if it's yeah. a word but <coughs> i just
1: competence. hey looking, you're asking the wrong bloke i, can I know to, yeah, i can yeah, barely yeah. fucking talk myself
2: uh so yeah i yeah I, I, like i i've had people that, that have messaged me and it's funny like i have people that message me that have got one themselves mm. and they can still hear it in my voice because they just know the cues yeah. and the signs and all that and they've said to me how'd you get over it and i feel bad but i'm like i actually don't actually know yeah. it just sort of passed a little bit um but it does still happen sometimes is it is it anxiety related or you know, I don't either. think it was. Yeah, okay. But you know, it may I? I don't think originally it was, but then I think as it grew, yeah, okay. there was anxiety around it, but I don't think yep. that's how it
1: started.
2: Yeah, okay. But I, I had a very good upbringing. Like there yeah. was nothing. Like I, uh, I, I lived with mum. I was, I was always very lucky. Very rarely went without or anything mm. like that. So I, I don't think I could possibly put it down to.
1: Something bad that yeah, happened, you know know yeah. yeah, absolutely. And when do you reckon, as a young fella, when was the moment? Because, like, there's being a footy fan, and then there's obviously fucking guru, mm. the guru territory of love and rugby league. When, do you, when did you become self aware? There would have been years when you loved rugby league, but when did you become like, oh, I actually froth rugby league way more than most people?
2: Yeah, I think like during high school, mm. um, I you know, I've told the story before, which is surreal for me now. Like, I was sitting up there a couple of months ago with Jamie Soward. And, like, I remember going to watch Jamie Soward on a Saturday afternoon play Jersey Flag Yeah. And I remember sort of saying, uh, I was sitting with my old man, watching him going, fuck, I, I think this kid's a very good player, blah, blah, blah. Then he sort of went through the grades. And, you know, a guy like Jamie Soward isn't, like, an immortal of the game or whatever. Mm. And I think people sort of would look at a guy like Jamie and they compare him to John's Freddie Lockheed. Oh, yeah, he was a good player. Mm. But, like, you look at a guy like Jamie Soward who won a comp, mm. played Origin. Like, he was the best 5-8 in the game for a period of time. Yeah, like, yeah. he won Dalian 5-8 of the year when Darren Lockheed was playing. Yeah crazy kicking it's game. unbelievable yeah. crazy kicking. like like for two years he was the best kicker in rugby league bar none and mm-hmm. it wasn't even close so like i look at a guy like him and go geez he was like top one percent and he would be the original could be anything
1: yeah okay he really would be which is so crazy how, how old were you when you're watching him come through the grave
2: i uh, would have been 12 13 14 <laughs> like young yeah
1: <laughs> so it's official the first cbo it was a uh, jimmy Soward.
2: jimmy Soward, i
0: think yeah far out yeah
1: that's – uh yeah, people forget how good he was.
2: Uh, mate, people – and I, I I think that people just – like, um, you talk about yourself, like, well, 42 first-grade games. Or, yeah. And, you know, and, and like, there'd be a lot of people out there that go, you know, didn't make it to 50 first-grade games. Mm. I'm like, you realise one first-grade game, that's Mount Everest. Yeah, yeah. Like, and people just don't appreciate how hard it is to get there for one. And then you got guys that play 100, but then you compare them to guys that play 300 and, it, and people don't think it's... Imp- like, it, it blows me away.
1: And I think you'd also be surprised... Like, obviously, Jamie Soud played as many games as he, you know, did, mm. which is, what, 200-plus, yep. probably? But there's a lot of guys that go, you know what? Like, I've played NRL now, and they yep. just they focus on something else. They might get to the 100-game mark and go, like, I know I can play NRL, but, what's you know, I'm just going to get bashed more. I'm not going to that much when it comes to, like, long-term kind of stuff, so... Uh, yeah, Jamie Soward, like, if you wanted to put Jamie Soward in, like, the James Maloney territory, I think I think that's a fair... I think it's f- very fair. ...a fair, like, yeah. uh, tier to put him in. Okay, so what about growing up as a young fella? What's your first big rugby league memory where you can clearly remember, you know, whether it's a grand final, a player, or whatever? And who was your favourite player growing up?
2: Mate, I, I was very lucky. My uh, my old man sort of lived, you know, around here, near some suburbs of Sydney, and... 1988, the SFS opens, Mm. right? And they're offering uh, memberships, which I think back then was, I think it was like 800 bucks a year, right? So people then went, that's ridiculous. How could you possibly pay that much money to go and watch 10 games of football a year? My dad, eyes up, thank God, Mm. paid the 800. And all of his mates went, you know, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. The day you sign up for the SFS, you pay the same rate forever. Oh, So... It's actually been one of the greatest investments oh of all time. God. We're still like SFS gold members. Wow. For peanuts, yeah, genius. So me growing up, I was at the SFS every weekend, watching every game. So Roosters would play there, Souths would play there. Um, you know, there, there would often be test matches and stuff there. Mm. So like our weekend would always involve going to the SFS and watching whatever the hell was on there. Mm. So Souths and Roosters I grew up watching, seeing a lot of. Um, and you know it was great because because the like obviously Souths weren't, weren't going too crash hot in the early two thousands, but Roosters were. That's when they just started, isn't it? Early just started, yeah. As started as a well, new franchise. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like that Roosters side, the early two thousands side, because that was so good, it'd be Friday night every week. Yeah, okay. You'd have Brisbane roll in, you'd have Newcastle yeah. Joey Lockie. So it was it was a pretty cool experience to be able to and like I I still do this, day, I reckon the old SFS. Like the new one's fantastic, but for me, the old SFS is. Just the best thing ever.
1: Yeah. Do you think, like, it's weird because we have the current players and we no one wraps the current players more than us. But when you just name those names, I was like, we're not in that same era, I don't think. I, like,
2: yeah, Joey, Lockie, Freddie, you know what I mean? Are but but not- as I always say, you know, in the year 2000, when, you know, we were watching those guys, like my, my grandfather, for example, would have gone, no, Sterling no tom rododocus like but
1: i'm just trying to think like now okay you know the grand final reno yep. versus cleary reno's obviously not in lockie freddie yeah, yeah, territory yeah. and then i go okay the halves underneath that hughes munster munster maybe you could put in that mm. kind of territory i'm not saying he's as good as those guys but i'm just trying to think maybe we're in the beginnings of it but for like the last 10 years it's been like you know a james maloney versus yep. so i'm just wondering like where, was that a golden era? Because
2: there has to be a golden era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and for me, the 2000s will always be the golden era. Yeah. There's no doubt. It. Maybe that's got more to do with my age. I don't know. Uh, but for me, Freddie, Joey, Lockie, they are the three. And, and the beauty City
1: as well, coming through then as yeah, well. Yeah,
2: yeah, and Smith obviously came up later. just after that. Yeah, but yeah. those three for me, and like, I'd also be happy to throw um, Stacey Jones in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I think people underappreciate. He always matched it with those guys. Mm. But to have the three best players in the world, in my opinion, playing it, three different clubs, and also playing three different positions. And also could potentially be three Immortals. Yeah, for sure. And that's what that's what I'm like, is that a golden era, three Immortals? But of- then the next era of that was the three best players in the world, in my opinion, were playing at the same club. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just changed Cron- everything. Slater. Yeah. yeah. And like, there's other guys you can throw up there. Who would know. be a potential Immortals now for us? Obviously, Cleary. That are playing right yeah, now. Yeah, again, guys, potential Potentially, immortals. I think Cleary's Theory. a very good chance at it. Um, we don't have to talk anymore about what Cleary's done the age he's at and everything but yeah. I think he's a very very good shout outside of that I'm I'm personally not convinced there's anyone else yeah
1: that's that's what I'm saying like yeah. and maybe Which they're about fair. to appear yeah. where maybe they're because like it's been since maybe it's a bit early to say it's been about what five six years since Smithy retired mm. six years since Cronk Six well, it hasn't
2: even been that long since Smithy retired. 30. Earlier twenty, end of twenty twenty. Oh my
1: god! So like
2: that, like Smithy feels like an age ago. Now, he does feel it like an
1: age ago. Because like, he twenty twenty, did he retire? Yep. Yeah. Jesus. So five six. So five years since Slater and Kronk. Four yeah, years. Slater
2: retired in eighteen. Kronk yeah. retired nineteen. So five
1: since Slater. Yeah. Four since Kronk. Three since Smithy. So maybe it's a bit too early, maybe because it's only maybe, been three yeah. years since Smithy and. In saying that, those boys came straight in as whilst Lockie, uh, Joey, and Freddie were still playing. Yeah, right right towards the back yeah. end,
2: yeah. Yeah,
1: far out. That, that's a really good, interesting chat. Who, in this batch, mm. who's the next potential immortal?
2: Yeah, I, I think Cleary is the obvious one. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: a key, a key to it. So when he took the panthers over they were not a gun side yeah. and that's what makes what smithy did and cronk and slater so incredible at storm they were a solid side they were finished i think they finished they, they might have missed the finals and then bellamy got them to like fifth or sixth, and then fifth and then they went really well so i think like a key ingredient is like how good is that side going before there in and how good would they go if he was gone kind of thing and i mean we look at the storm now without your smiths especially you know, they're, they're still good, yeah. but they're nowhere near as, as good with Smith in it.
2: Yeah, and I think, like, I personally, I can't see Nath playing anywhere else ever. No, no. They would just pay whatever he wanted. And I, I think sometimes I hear people, and, you know, we obviously have those discussions all the time with people, that they're sort of like, oh, yeah, but could Nath go to a bottom eight side and do it? And I just sit there and go, what does it fucking matter? Yeah, Why would he go to a bottom eight side? He's built... One of the greatest dynasties in rugby league we've ever seen, and they were essentially a fringe eight side. Yeah,
1: when he when he started.
2: Well, you like the year before they lost the grand final that they missed the eight.
1: Yeah, Um I will say though, for the record, if he did go to bottom eight side, he absolutely would take him to top eight.
2: I'm sure he would, but I'm also confident we'll never know. Yeah,
1: yeah. And
2: I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like people people try and bring Cooper Cronk down because the best coaches and the best systems in the world wanted him. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no that that's a compliment.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I uh, I honestly, if he was to drop into that Tiger side tomorrow, mm-hmm. they're in the eight, 100%, yeah, okay. no doubt, yep. no doubt. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, which guys kind of step up and become that yep. rivalry. You know, I, I, I'm just trying to think, like, what other young half is really going to challenge yeah, it's going to be interesting. I oh,
2: mate, like you, you have a look at, you know, like for me, I consider the biggest arena in rugby league to be state of origin. And look how well DCE has done in that arena over the last few years and how dominant he has been. And, you know, he's not even in the ballpark not of even that played. conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so the SFS is, you know, that's the best memories. What's the, Who was your player growing up? Was it Freddie? Yeah, Freddie. Freddie. Yeah. So, so if you were a coach in a side… Yep. You could pick Freddie or Joey. Who are you picking?
2: Uh, if I was coaching, I would probably selfishly go Freddie. Because um, of his ability to play? To play multiple positions. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's, you know, like, I, I think Joey's the best halfback we have ever seen. Mm. And I, I think that, I, I think it's, you know, an interesting conversation when you talk about the best players ever between, it's it's Joey and Cameron Smith for mm. me, as far mm. as the best. But we got to see the entire of Cameron Smith's career and everything he achieved. Mm. That's the thing I find hard with Joey that I don't think we saw peak Joey. Yeah. And that sounds crazy. Mm. But he didn't play much footy beyond 30. Yeah. And the footy he did play beyond 30. It's the greatest origin series we've ever seen. Mm. Um, Maddie, if you can get the numbers up. I think it's 2005. He, Thurston won the Dally M point. He won the Dally M with 32 points.
0: Mm.
2: Joey had 31. He played 16 games and his team finished last. That's insanity. Like that—that's—that's that's also him coming off injury. That's he had to disappear for eight weeks to go and do what he did for New South Wales. Like, mm. and you look at all these guys post thirty. Like Cameron Smith when he hit thirty, won a couple of comps after that. Mm. Freddie when he hit thirty, he went to four out of five grand finals. Mm. Um, you know that's when Thurston finally started to. You know, yeah, he, he won his premiership. <laughs> I think Cooper Cronk from age thirty plus, he would have won four grand finals in five years. Yeah. And we didn't get to see that from Joey. Yeah. So a, so I, I I think Joey would is the best player ever, but I would selfishly pick Freddie because he was the best lock, 5'8 or center in the world. Yeah. At any given moment.
1: Yeah, we were we were in another podcast the other day and we we're like, he actually won Dali M at lock, center, and five eight. Like
2: And if something would have happened that his team was desperate and he played back row, he would have won second row of the yeah, year.
1: Probably. Two. Probably. Um Okay, so you're growing up and so as a teenager, you've realized, look, I don't want to play footy, Mm. but when did you actually start getting into super coach and that kind of stuff? Like the first year it was brought out or?
2: Yeah, I probably started in high school Mm. and I sort of – I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't love it, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I played throughout high school and all that, enjoyed it. Um, and this is, you know, when you talk about, like, when did you realise you, you enjoyed footy a little bit more than the average bear? It was definitely in high school. Yeah. And like my, my mates had, like, take the piss out of me for it and stuff. And, you know, like, now I get to sort of present it all. But I was like I, – I knew then that I had this bizarre recall of – facts Mm. people all this sort of stuff just because i was interested in it um and then you know i always loved footy i you know i was playing super coach with mates and everything but then i finished school and went to uni and i probably didn't play super coach for five or six years oh really i I, like i'd still watch just about every game of footy every weekend or close to um But, yeah, and, like, I still loved it as much and I still had as much interest in it. But, you know, obviously, like, you have to do other things in life Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So I went to uni and started working and all that. Um, What did a
1: young guru want to be when he grew up?
2: I had no idea. I I finished high school. I had no idea. What about
1: when – I'm not sure if your school did it, but when they, like, do the entry interviews
0: or just to get to know you as a kid, did you say what job you wanted to be?
2: I tell you, I remember having those interviews, yeah. but I, I, I'm very confident I would have walked in there and just sort of said, I, I don't know yet. Yeah. I've got no idea. Um, And I, I don't know, I ended up in teaching. Okay. And I I came out of school and I worked at like a before and after school care, mm. which was the best job in the world. I was just with a couple of mates who were, um, you know, t- 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 two of my three groomsmen at my wedding were two blokes that I worked with at this school. Um down in Coogee, uh, and, you know, we we worked six hours a day kicking mm. our footy around, yeah. playing touch. Like, it was the best thing in the world, and I'd do 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. I'd go to uni for a couple of hours, and I'd come back at 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. doing split shifts, so we'd have the day to ourselves to do whatever the hell we wanted to do, go to uni, whatever it might mm. be. Mm. Um, and then I think off the back of that, I got into um, teaching, mm. and I've always... I don't know I've just always been good with kids and helping mm. that sort of stuff which is something that I it's the one thing I probably miss about teaching mm. um that you know like I was able to, and you know I'd always the I'd always get these classes of just rat bags that no one yeah. else could handle that you know they'd come from tough upbringings or whatever but as per always especially with males the common link is rugby like
1: yeah yeah
2: and you can you can just build so many relationships off the back of that and you know I'd be I'd turn maths classes into, like, games of footy in the playground. All the other teachers would be filthy at Really me, hated it. But it'd work.
1: It'd work, yeah, yeah. get the boys involved. And it's and funny,
2: like, you're starting to – now I'm starting to see some of those kids coming through, Harold Matz. Yeah. And SG Ball and all this sort of stuff. And it's exciting to see.
1: Yeah. So how did you so – say with maths, were you like, look, there's three people on the short side, there's fucking four – Yeah.
2: You're joking. I'm not far off. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, eh? Hey.
1: Like division where you're like, listen, if you drop this player off, you've divided <laughs> – Like, is that how you did? it? Mate,
2: I honestly – like I would have – I'd have a worksheet for the class mm. and I'd have the worksheet for my five or six that would be – if Blah Blah scored three tries and kicked two goals and all like all this sort of stuff, just trying to make it relatable somehow. Yep. I remember doing like a, almost like a salary cap class once, with a, you know. <laughs> the roost on a salary cap class. Which is, <laughs> it, but it was relatable to them and they were interested in it it was ridiculous but it's so good yeah and tell me walk us through the salary cap lesson i I can't remember exactly what it was but it was sort of like uh you know if this guy's worth this much and this guy's worth that much you've got to fit it in here and divide yeah it was it was it was all these long-winded bullshit to it and i I hope some some of my former students are watching they'll have it the salary
1: cap class could you imagine if they become like the most hectic recruiting officer in them they're like, listen, man, 20 years ago, the Roo was, I was in year eight and the Roo was taking me
2: through salad caps. So good. Third party deals and shit. But I remember like when I was teaching, that's when I first started um, the Guru page. Mm. And like for the first year or so, like I never sh- showed my face on it. Mm. And then when I eventually did, I remember I was, I was sitting on and like, it's very, very taboo in schools to mm. be having your face all over social media and everything. Yeah. But By that point, I knew that it was I was on borrowed time with teaching and I was going to get out eventually to have a crack at this. So I I think I was almost, and like especially once I started coming on your show, like I was still teaching then. Mm. So like to think that I was a teacher, but I'd spend four hours on a Monday having a beer and swearing Mm. on social media and everything, it was like I I knew eventually it was going to cause dramas, but I think by that point I was just like, fuck it if it caused dramas they'll probably throw me out and then i'm free
1: then you're good to go it's yeah. almost force; it'll force your hand kind of thing yeah um and it's like you know if you're looking for dramas it's like almost like in the current climate of today like a, a bloke that loves footy drinks beers like yeah. they would love to fucking cut you at your knees yeah um okay so salary <laughs> cap still got me so good <laughs> so good bro